back to the Elemental Evans Show. How's everyone doing today? For those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Evan Roberts. I'm a certified health coach through the IIN Institute for Integrative Nutrition, as well as a yoga teacher, mindfulness teacher, breathwork teacher, and meditation teacher. Uh, and then aside from all of that, I just love everything health. So that's obviously why I'm doing these hot, uh, health podcasts. And yeah, I just love sharing all of my information and research that I find with all of you. Uh, so anyways, uh, I wanted to kind of ask everyone how their holidays were for myself personally, my family and I, we celebrate uh, Christmas and it was just a great time to gather around and see old family members that I typically only see maybe a few times a year, which is really nice though to catch up with them and, you know, kind of just take some time where you're just focusing on literally how everyone's doing, you know, it's not anything work related, it's just connecting with one another and enjoying some good food. So I hope the same uh, was, you know, I hope it was the same for you guys as well. And aside from that, one thing I noticed is there was a lot of people this year that were coming down with, uh, you know, head colds and different things of that nature. So I just wanted to let everyone know, you know, this is the time where, you know, we get that change of season and you definitely need to stay on top of your health. So with that being said, um, a few little health remedies that I try to do during this time is I stay on top of my fish oil intake. I take vitamin D. Uh, along with uh, zinc as well during this time. And I also like to make a tea sometimes with uh, raw ginger and a half lemon with a little bit of honey. And you can throw a tea bag in there as well if you'd like, uh, just to kind of help support the immune system. But one thing that I've really been doing here recently that I feel has helped me is I have been taking the immunity blend from Organifi which has their freeze-dried orange for vitamin C. Uh, they have beta-glucans from the reishi mushroom, acerola cherry, which has a lot of vitamin C, uh, vitamin D3, zinc, olive leaf, all these different uh, really potent you know, herbs and vitamins in them. And it's been incredible. Uh, I've really been enjoying it, and I, I've actually really enjoyed the flavor on this one as well. So if you guys are looking for something to just kind of help boost your immune system, then uh, go ahead and check out Organifi. I'll have them posted in the show notes and you get a 20% uh, discount code in there uh, by being a listener. <laughs> so there you go, you guys, a little something for you. Uh, my little Christmas present to all of you, I guess. And yeah, so definitely do that. And then aside from that, make sure that you guys are eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. There is nothing that can replace literally just the whole foods that you can eat day to day. That is going to be your number one source of immunity and the number one way to boost and bolster your immunity. So really focus on your foods first, guys. And then after that, go ahead and try out some of the supplements such as Organifi's Immunity Blend. Now, getting on to with the actual uh, podcast here, I have something that's super near and dear to my heart personally because I pretty much drink this every single morning and I think a lot of you as well do and that is coffee. So today's episode is all about coffee. So we are going to discuss obviously the health benefits of coffee but we're also going to cover you know possibly the downsides of coffee and then also I wanted to kind of give a you know brief history about coffee and, and kind of dive into a little bit about what coffee actually is because I think it's actually going to surprise a few of you to really know where coffee comes from. So let's start off with this simple question. What the heck is coffee? So obviously, 
if you drink coffee, you know that it's that nice roasted, you know, dark, warm cup of, of uh, mojo in the morning that just gets you going, right? But realistically, uh, you know, coffee, we buy these coffee beans, you know, quote unquote, but really what coffee beans are, are actually the seeds of the coffee plant. So this is very interesting, but while, um, so my fiance, Ashley and I, we were traveling in Colombia and while in Colombia, we went to a few different places in the Eje Cafetero, which is the uh, coffee growing region. And while in the coffee growing region, we were actually fortunate enough to stay actually on a coffee farm and then also just visit some of the neighboring coffee farms. And we were able to see the whole process of the coffee, you know, from being grown to actually then, you know, being ready to be roasted and consumed as coffee. So really the coffee plant itself obviously grows in these you know, very tropical regions. Uh, it actually grows in an area called the coffee belt, which is about 25 degrees north of the equator and 30 degrees south of the equator all around the world. And uh, the main coffee bean that we all drink is called the Arabica uh, coffee bean, as opposed to the Robusta bean. So the Robusta bean makes up about 30% of the, you know, supply uh, for the world, whereas the other 70% is the Arabica bean. So that's the typical coffee that you would drink. And while we were on these coffee farms, you know, we were able to see these really beautiful plants. And what surprised me the most was that the coffee beans are actually, you know, that, like I said, they're the seeds, but they actually have this like cherry kind of coated like peel around them, you know, it turns red and it kind of looks like a little tiny cherry is the best way I would describe it. And when you pick the bean, you can actually, well, you have to peel off the peel to get to the, you know, the, the seed in the middle, but that peel is actually very, very sweet and you can chew on it. Um, I never actually swallowed it, but you could probably consume it as well. Um, and you can also make syrups out of it because it's sweet. So it has a very, um, I, yeah, I think the best way to explain it is it's actually just very, very sweet, uh, like very sugary. And you can make a syrup out of it, which I think Starbucks even was doing it, calling it the cascara latte, which cascara just means um, the peel, basically. So it's the peel latte. They're making a syrup out of it. But anyways, what was really cool is you take these beans, which they take a super long time or these seeds to pick, right? And then you go ahead and you have to peel the beans. And then after the beans are peeled, then you go ahead and you let them dry, or I think they even kind of ferment for a while. And then you have these green dried coffee beans, which can later be, you know, uh, roasted, or you can just ship it to different places and then have them roast it. So I know there's a lot of coffee shops out there that roast their own beans, and that's kind of how they do it. So that's kind of like what the coffee bean is. It's just, it's literally the seed, and it starts out kind of actually like white or greenish color. And then once you roast it, that's what actually turns it to that dark, uh, you know, like brown blackish color, right? Also, something that I found really interesting was that uh, some of these different species of coffee plants can actually live up to 100 years old, like up to 100 years, and they can grow up to 30 feet tall. Now, I didn't see any that were 30 feet tall personally, um, but it was really neat because uh, just to know the difference in the species, you know, because they can even apparently be uh, purple or even yellow in color as opposed to the dark green color that we're used to seeing on most of our coffee plants. And then also on top of that, 
coffee, uh, or at least the Arabica coffee bean, grows at heights of 2,000 feet to 6,000 feet. So that's about 600 meters to 1,800 meters, which is really interesting. Um, I didn't know that they grew up in like kind of these cloud forest-like areas, but just really, really beautiful areas. So if you ever want to go uh, try some really good coffee, go check out Colombia. There's a few different places that have really, really good coffee. And the scenery is spectacular. You know, they say wine only grows in beautiful places, and I believe that's true, but I think coffee also grows in extremely beautiful places. So aside from all that, let's kind of dive into uh, also the origin story of coffee. So if you didn't know, coffee actually can be traced back to Ethiopia. And there's an old legend about an Ethiopian goat herder named Kaldi, who supposedly discovered coffee as he began to notice his goats uh, eating these berries and then becoming very energetic after eating these berries uh, from, you know, this specific tree. And they were so energized that they were actually unable to even sleep at night sometimes. So supposedly uh, this Kaldi uh, goat herder guy, he went ahead and tried the coffee himself and booyah, that's how coffee was discovered. So all of you coffee drinkers and coffee snobs out there like myself, go ahead and give a little homage to Kaldi, the goat herder from Ethiopia. Also, I kind of wanted to highlight that what I found to be very interesting in Colombia, and I don't know if this was with every farm or just specific farms, but one thing they, uh, one of the farms told me or the owner of the farm told me was that for every coffee plant that they planted, they had to plant five other different plants, which would kind of help diversify obviously the plants there so that you're not just monocropping, um, you know, a ton of coffee, which obviously I'm guessing is not, you know, the case for every farm, but at least this farm in particular, that's how they had to do it. So maybe for every, you know, coffee plant, they had to plant, um, a cacao tree, uh, you know, a banana tree or, you know, and so five different trees per one coffee plant, which is really good because it helps to, um, you know, keep the land from being stripped of just specific minerals by the one uh, particular plant. And so I don't know if they do that in multiple parts of Colombia, but at least they were doing it there. And it was really interesting to see that, uh, you know, a lot of work goes into the harvesting and processing of the coffee. So uh, just kind of understanding the whole process, I think gives you a little bit more respect for it. It definitely did for myself. But now let's go ahead and jump into kind of why coffee became so popular or, or more so when it became more popular. So I wasn't actually able to find an exact date of when coffee started to, you know, be consumed by people. But what I was able to find was that definitely by 1000 AD, people were drinking more so kind of like a tea of the coffee because they would take the whole coffee bean and the fruit around it and they would just kind of like steep it with hot water supposedly. But, uh, you know, Traditionally, what we do now is we have roasted coffee beans. So this would have been a very different flavor. You know, this would not have been that roasted, nutty, deep flavor that we typically think of with coffee. This would have been a much lighter, uh, maybe even, well, definitely sweeter uh, type of drink, which is kind of interesting uh, to think about. Uh, but it was around the 13th century where roasted coffee began to actually emerge. So... According to a post published by uh, PBS, the modern version of roasted coffee originated in Arabia. So during the 13th century, coffee was extremely popular with the Muslim community for its stimulant powers, 
which proved useful during long prayer sessions. By parching and boiling the coffee beans, rendering them infertile. So let me just kind of say that again, by parching and boiling the coffee beans. So that means they were the first ones to kind of burn the coffee beans in order to make them infertile, right? So it was actually like a process of making it so that the coffee beans wouldn't be able to be grown in other areas. So the Arabs were able to corner the market of the coffee crops. In fact, tradition says that not a single coffee plant existed outside of Arabia or Africa until the 1600s when Baba Budan, an Indian pilgrim, left Mecca with fertile beans fastened to a strap across his abdomen. Baba's beans resulted in a new and competitive European coffee trade. So that's really a trip. Um, according to this post, at least, they're saying that really the, the roasting of coffee was actually a way to kind of corner the market and make sure that no one else could actually grow and produce their own coffee, which is really kind of crazy to think about. So if that wasn't the case, we might still be drinking a coffee-type tea to this day uh, if they didn't start you know, doing this process. Kind of interesting to ponder that, I guess. Um, and then essentially around the 1600s is when the demand and trade for it really began to take off with coffee and coffee plants eventually making its way out to the Americas by the 18th century. But now get this, this really trips me out. So for all of the uh, American listeners listening to this podcast, this is this really blew my mind. I didn't I actually didn't know this personally, but the popularity of coffee um, received a huge boost in its consumption after the Boston Tea Party. And coffee was seen as a patriotic thing to drink, according to this uh, PBS post that I'll go ahead and link in the show notes. But that's such a trip. So uh, coffee was actually seen as like a patriotic <laughs> thing to drink just because it was kind of like, you know, flipping the bird to the the British, I guess. Um what a trip, though. Really, really crazy. And obviously, it's stuck because if you look in, you know, at the U.S., we definitely drink way more coffee than we, than we drink tea, obviously. So now you obviously see these uh, coffee shops booming as they used to pretty much just be reserved for Europe. You know, think about like Italy and France. They had a lot of coffee shops. But once Starbucks, honestly, you know, hate or love Starbucks, whatever your take is on it, I don't really care. Um, but Starbucks definitely did create that craft coffee scene here in the U.S. It kind of like really made people appreciate and care, you know, what kind of coffee they were drinking and where it came from. So just for that piece alone, I, I would have to thank Starbucks because I'm definitely a little bit of a, a coffee snob myself. And I think Starbucks had a lot to do with that. Okay, so enough with, you know, the history and kind of like breaking down what coffee is. Uh, let's kind of get into the more health side of it, uh, being that this is a health podcast, right? So first off, when before I even get into the benefits or the detriments of coffee, I want to really highlight that in a lot of different um, health research, you know, so when it comes to food or dieting or workouts or anything like that, truthfully, you can pretty much find studies that are going to go you know, they're going to conflict, they're going to go different ways on the same topic. So, you know, take everything with a grain of, uh, of salt here, you know, uh, and, and do your own research, but also um, notice what feels good for you, right? So each person's going to be different. Just because something is good for one person doesn't mean it's good or bad for you. You need to 
um, be in tune with your body and understand if this is working for you or not working for you, okay? Um, and I can kind of explain that a little bit later after I get through the benefits and the detriments of coffee. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump in with the benefits. So obviously the first thing that's great about coffee, um, and I mean this can be looked at as good or bad, but realistically is just the energy that it provides, right? So as a you know former college student myself, I was drinking coffee way late into the evening, way past times that I shouldn't have been drinking coffee, but it was because it really stimulated the nervous system and it allowed me to stay awake and stay very focused on the work that I was doing. So aside from the obvious you know, energy boost that coffee can give uh, to anyone who drinks it, uh, there are also other health benefits that it actually gives. So for example, coffee has been shown to improve brain performance. So from things like improving your memory and even decreasing the likelihood of developing memory loss in women. So that's really huge. I'm really big on uh, brain health and kind of also just like getting the most cognitive benefit that you can. And obviously, uh, you know, drinking coffee and studying kind of go hand in hand, which is kind of cool to find out now. And also uh, something that was very interesting was that coffee can help with fat loss through fat mobilization and oxidation. So not to really get too deep into that one, but for example, to lose fat, you first have to actually release the fat from your fat stores or the fat cells. So that is one of the first steps that has to occur. And this is what it's doing. It's fat mobilization, right? Along with oxidation as well. And so an, another health benefit of coffee is that it has been shown to enhance insulin sensitivity, which is great for diabetics. Now, there were a few studies that also showed that there was no change at all in insulin sensitivity. Uh, but once again, like I said, there's going to be different opposing views here. So you kind of have to just find this out for yourself, maybe even test yourself if that's the case. But there were studies that did show that it was good for increasing insulin sensitivity, which just, you know, that's a whole other topic on its own, uh, but just know that it's good for diabetics or people who have, you know, uh, you know, maybe at risk for becoming diabetic or something of that nature. Um, and then lastly, uh, coffee has been shown to lower the risk of developing certain cancers, such as prostate cancer in men and breast cancer in women. So, I'm sure you can go and find, you know, opposing studies to all of these, which is why I also wanted to include a downside of coffee uh, before I just highlight all of the benefits. Uh, but I think it is important to understand that there are a lot of benefits to coffee uh, and it just kind of is going to depend on your body and kind of how you react to things. And then also uh, a big point I wanted to highlight here too is that there are antioxidants as well in coffee, which, um, you know, this is also going to help fight cancer and aging and things of that nature. But it's also important to highlight that on the standard American diet, people don't really eat a lot of antioxidant rich foods. So actually coffee can be some of the highest source of antioxidants for certain people eating the standard American diet. Uh, that's really sad <laughs> to kind of have to say, you know, you really should be getting a lot of antioxidants just from your uh, fruit and vegetable intake, but nonetheless, you can still get some from coffee, which is really cool to know. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the downsides of coffee as well, because I need to give this kind of a fair, you know, unbiased view. That's kind of what I want to do is I just want to, you know, provide you with information and allow you to make an educated decision for yourself. So let's go ahead and jump into the downsides of coffee. So I'm going to kind of run through some of these and just kind of stick with me here. I'll break them down. So first, coffee can cause restlessness and insomnia. 
think that's kind of a well-known one already. Uh, poor quality beans can contain a lot of impurities in them and can cause headaches or even sickness. Uh, this is important to note because when I was in Colombia, actually, this is really random, but I thought I was just going to find amazing coffee everywhere I went. And that was not the case. I would go into these, you know, little uh, grocery stores and stuff and uh, just kind of buy like some of their more expensive coffees. And, you know, they were like <laughs> kind of subpar coffees. Like they were okay, but they weren't that good. You know, they had like, I think one called like Aguila Roja or like the Red, the red Eagle or something. Um, and they were just like, man, like, okay, they're, they're decent, but they weren't that great. Well, come to find out when I was on these coffee farms, like no duh, um, the first grade coffee is typically not always, but typically shipped abroad because it fetches a higher price. So when you, you know, grow this coffee out here, you can ship it to the U S Australia, Sweden, you know, Europe, uh, any, any of these places and fetch a really high price for the coffee. Whereas in Colombia, you might not be able to fetch that high of a price, or at least not in all parts of Colombia, maybe in areas like Medellin or Bogota, where it's like, you know, the capital, uh, you might be that, that then you do find some, you know, really good coffee shops and all that. But yeah, they're actually getting the second grade coffee in most uh, typical like Colombian uh, grocery stores and stuff like that, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, so you had to actually go, you know, to the farms and, and buy the coffee straight from there to really get that super high quality coffee. So consuming poor quality coffee can cause uh, headaches and even sickness, which I did not know that before this uh, before this podcast. So <laughs> learning along with all of you. Uh, OK, and then this one I did know. So non-filtered coffee can raise your LDL or your bad cholesterol due to uh, what I found was cafestol and Kewal. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing those correctly, sorry. Um, and that's because they are not filtered out of the coffee. So for example, if you are doing a style of coffee such as the French press where, you know, the coffee is literally in the water and then you just strain the sediment from the coffee itself, uh, this is going to leave these components in the coffee which contain, uh, you know, or essentially are the things that raise your LDL. So I found about, out about this from Max Lugavir, and he was talking about how when you use these, you know, like a Chemex or any kind of a pour over that has a paper filter or something of that nature um, on top where the coffee has to literally be filtered through, that supposedly will catch these oils and these different components that raise your LDL. So if LDL or, you know, your cholesterol is an issue for yourself, then you might want to consider not using a, French press or anything that will, you know, essentially not filter out these oils. Okay. So switching over to a pour over or something of like that would be, uh, probably a good idea for you. And then it also, uh, coffee can make anxious people more anxious. So I personally have had a little anxiety, but not from coffee. So I'm not a typically a very anxious person usually, but I do know people who are anxious and drinking Tons of coffee, especially when you're feeling anxious, it can actually really heighten that. So uh, be careful with that. It can lead to digestive issues or an overactive digestive system. I think everyone kind of <laughs> knows about this already because a lot of the times when you drink coffee, guess what happens? You have to go to the restroom, right? Uh, so yeah, coffee can definitely lead to an overactive digestive system. So for people actually such as myself, where you tend to have, you know, like you need to go a lot or something of that, you know, something like that, 
then maybe backing off on the coffee is going to be a good idea. Okay, also, coffee is a diuretic, so this can lead to dehydration and loss of minerals, meaning it's going to make you pee a lot, right? So what you want to do is, when you're drinking coffee, also make sure that you are drinking a lot of water as well, and not just any water, not like purified water or something like that. Make sure your water has some minerals in it so it is remineralizing the body. You can literally go buy some pink Himalayan sea salt, which is like not expensive at all. You can get it for pretty cheap and put a tiny pinch of salt in purified water and boom, you have remineralized or restructured water. Okay, sorry, moving on. <laughs> Coffee can also be taxing on your adrenal glands. Now, I think this is going to be one of the biggest issues here personally. So uh, your adrenal glands can be essentially led to adrenal fatigue through drinking too much coffee, which is going to lead to lowered sex hormones and decreased fertility, among a few other things as well. So the reason this happens is because coffee stimulates the central nervous system by triggering your body's release of hormones, such as cortisol, which are produced by your adrenal glands. Now remember, cortisol is kind of that like, get up and go, like, you know, fight or flight kind of response deal, right? Like this is what gets the body up and moving and it's being produced by your adrenal glands, okay? Now coffee will mainly cause this in individuals who have stressful lives or people who are over, uh, overly stimulating their sympathetic nervous system, which keeps them in a bit of a fight or flight mode. So, you know, you gotta think about this, like if you are typically stressed out a lot and you are, you know, worried about things or just like you have a hard time relaxing, it probably means that you are, you know, using your, your adrenal glands are like activated constantly and are releasing cortisol and other hormones all the time. Well, coffee only heightens that because that's kind of how uh, when you get up and go, when you drink coffee, that's kind of what's happening. So when we look at this kind of from an ancestral point of view or like a tribal point of view, our sympathetic nervous systems would have uh, only been kicked in gear when there was like a real threat, such as like a lion or a bear or a rival tribe that was trying to kill you, right? But nowadays we have things like deadlines and, you know, traffic and all these random things that are like slightly stimulating our sympathetic nervous system and they're activating this kind of stress response, right? So we're constantly kind of having a little bit of a cortisol release or just, you know, being stressed and our adrenals are being stressed. Well, when you add on coffee on top of that, it can actually just make things worse. So once again, I think this is going to come down to a couple factors. One of the big ones being just what kind of a person are you? Are you highly stressed? Are you constantly, uh, you know, dealing with a lot of just, you know, stressful stuff or a lot of tasks? Are you just like, you know, always like tight, you know, um, then maybe you need to chill out on the coffee a little bit. If that's not the case for you, then you might be okay. Also drinking way too, too much coffee can be an issue. So, uh, there, like I said, there's a lot of factors that go into this, but I really did want to highlight that the adrenal glands are important. And when they are, you know, being taxed and fatigued, this is going to really be an issue uh, long term. So really putting your adrenal health first is important. And that's why personally, I like to try to include herbs into my, you know, daily ritual that are going to help, um, you know, 
benefit and heal my adrenals. So one of those that is a very common herb nowadays is called ashwagandha. So I actually include ashwagandha into my diet pretty much daily. Um, I do cycle it out as with everything. I try to cycle them a little bit. Um, but you know, I'm talking like five days a week. I typically will take ashwagandha and that's just because ashwagandha is so beneficial for the adrenal uh, glands and, you know, helping with adrenal fatigue. It's also an adaptogen, meaning it helps your body deal and adapt to stress. And I actually used to just take ashwagandha in, you know, little pills and uh, you can even get it as a powder. Uh, but personally, what I do now is Organifi just makes a green juice, the powder that has ashwagandha in it, and it tastes freaking delicious. So I just toss that in the water in the morning, and it helps me to remember to take it because it actually tastes good. So I wake up and I want to, you know, go ahead and have my green juice in the morning. Uh, and that helps me get my ashwagandha in. So once again, that's Organifi. Uh, just as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, if you want to go check out their green juice, which is amazing, and it has ashwagandha in it and can help with, you know, regulating the cortisol and help with the adrenal glands, then go ahead and check them out. Like I said, I got a 20% code in there just because you're a listener. So go check them out. Um, and that's in the show notes. Anyways, moving on. Uh, what I'm saying here is it's like, you know, just get to the point, Evan, is coffee good or good for me or bad for me? Uh, well, the answer is it depends. And I know that's a really anti-climatic uh, truth or, or statement, but it, it really is the truth. So my personal opinion on coffee is pretty much this. Coffee is much likely better for you than it's worse for you when consumed in moderation. And with, you know, that's kind of with like all things in life, balance is key, right? So therefore, if you're drinking coffee 24-7, 365, and in large amounts, then you probably need to cut back or maybe even take a break from coffee. Uh, because all things aside, coffee can definitely be addicting. Plus, it's important to highlight that the benefits of coffee seem to come from the first one to two cups uh, that you have as opposed to three or four or five, which can actually have a detrimental detrimental benefit to you or well, not a benefit at all. Um, they can actually start to hurt you as you drink more coffee. So sticking to just one to two cups a day is kind of the sweet spot, it seems, like I said, in moderation, right? Um, and that's also where we see a lot of these benefits because, you know, with the mental um, improvement that we get from coffee, that's specifically from those first one or two cups. Once you continue on past it, it can actually slow down blood flow to the brain, I believe I was reading, which is not a good thing, obviously. So keeping it lower is better. Uh, and then also understanding your body is crucial to making uh, accurate health decisions for yourself. So if you're addicted to coffee and you have trouble sleeping or coffee no longer energizes you or you feel yourself getting anxious and then, uh, you know, just any of those things, then try laying off the coffee and maybe find a substitute for it uh, that's not as stimulating, you know, to the central nervous system. So like I said, it's not a clear answer. You kind of have to judge it for yourself. But in my personal, personal opinion, okay, not a, not a medical professional here. I do think coffee in small amounts and in moderation is going to be fine and probably beneficial to you. So that kind of leads me into what my coffee practice is like in the, on the daily, um, which to me, actually, coffee is more of a ritual in the morning. It's a, it's a time for me to be very kind of just present and focused on like what I'm doing in the morning. It also is kind of just, you know, helps me 
walk through my morning and get my mind right. So much like how people with uh, tea ceremonies are very meditative, I too try to keep the uh, coffee experience a little bit meditative, uh, as I do with most of my mornings. Uh, mornings are a very special time, and it's a time where it's quiet and slow, and you can kind of just really set your intention for the day. So that is uh, kind of how I first started off, right? It's, I look at it as like a ritual. Then uh, second off, I always wait a minimum of one hour in the morning before drinking any coffee. And I always drink a glass of water first. So usually about a 12 ounce glass of water, maybe a little bit more than that. Once again, structured with either salt or something of that nature. And I wait that first hour because I want to allow my natural cortisol levels to spike in the morning as they normally would and allow the light of the morning sun to play its role in waking my body up. Then after that first hour, I will go ahead and brew some coffee. I typically do it in a Chemex or a form of a pour over to avoid those LDL causing components. And I only drink two cups of coffee. Now that's not to say that there aren't days where I do drink more than two cups of coffee, obviously, but I do really try to limit those days and uh, um, you know, kind of make them a rare occasion or a rare exception, right? Also, I typically add fat to my coffee. So a lot of people still to this day are like, who the heck puts butter in their coffee? I know, I know it's a weird concept or it can seem really foreign, but it's actually really kind of tasty and it also has some really good benefits. So let me go ahead and explain this. So you have Dave Asprey, who was the founder of Bulletproof you know, Coffee or whatever. He pretty much came up with it. And the way he came up with it was he was in either, I think it was Tibet or Nepal, something like that. Uh, I believe it was Nepal. And so while he was out there, he was, you know, up at really, really high altitudes because I believe he was in the Himalayas. And at these high altitudes, what they were doing were they, they were taking uh, tea and adding, I think it was like yak butter or something like that to the coffee, some kind of a fat. And it was definitely from the yak. I don't know if it was, I believe it was just butter from the yak. And they would add that to the coffee and supposedly that really helped with um, uh, altitude sickness and things of that nature. So after Dave Asprey tried that, he decided to add that to coffee and just kind of upgrade his coffee. And it turned out that it had some really, really great benefits. So really the benefits of Bulletproof Coffee are for one, and I don't have any science, I didn't really do any research on this one, but this is a personal feeling for myself. When I drink Bulletproof Coffee, I feel less jittery as opposed to if I just drink straight black coffee. And I believe what I had heard was that the fats in the coffee slow the absorption rate of the caffeine or something like that. Um, once again, I don't really know exactly, so don't quote me on it, but um, just as a personal feeling, I can tell you for sure that I do not get any jitters when I drink a bulletproof cup of coffee because I'm guessing those fats really do help to uh, slow down the absorption of the caffeine. So Bulletproof Coffee is really at its most simple form is butter and MCT oil or medium chain triglyceride oil. Uh, MCT oil comes from things like coconut oil. So you actually could as well just add coconut oil into your uh, coffee with the butter 
if you would like, or you can do the MCT oil, which is a little bit more specific in giving you just medium chain triglycerides. And what this is going to do is if you are intermittent fasting, this is really going to help you because being that you are consuming just fats, it's going to help your body stay in a state of ketosis for longer while also helping you feel fuller. So you don't feel as hungry. Um, you can go a little bit longer, you know, you feel a little bit more satiated, but it's still keeping you in that fat burning process. So that's really the main goal of Bulletproof Coffee is that. So if you are a person that is not intermittent fasting and you are waking up in the morning and having Bulletproof Coffee with your breakfast, um, do not do that. <laughs> you don't drink Bulletproof Coffee with food. Bulletproof coffee kind of is your food. So it's kind of like replacing a meal in a way. Uh, if you're you know, trying to do intermittent fasting, like I said, and you're trying to skip like breakfast, then that is the time when you would do bulletproof coffee. You really shouldn't be adding the fat for no reason uh, to just eat it with some other meals that are essentially going to take you out of ketosis and not in the fat burning state. You know, So now you're just adding fat or calories to your meal as opposed to allowing them to like work for you and stay in that fat burning process. So that's kind of bulletproof coffee and how it came about and, and kind of what it does for your body. It also, um, is pretty good for the cognitive functions. So the MCT oil helps your brain function really nicely, um, helps you stay really focused and kind of just like a clean source of fuel in the morning. Uh, I really love bulletproof coffee and anytime I'm intermittent fasting, I typically will do it. You can also add some collagen in there as well, although that will probably take you out of ketosis uh, to a degree, but there are some really good benefits to collagen that might be worth adding in if you're not looking to do a strict intermittent fast. Okay, and now to wrap up this whole episode, I just wanted to kind of go over um, coffee quality and what you should kind of look for on the packaging. So. When you're buying coffee, I think at the minimum, you really should be looking for organic coffee. And if you can, also look for fair trade coffee. Now, the reason I say to look for both organic and fair trade is because organic is just going to ensure that, you know, you don't have a lot of those pesticides or glyphosate or any of those things on your coffee, which, you know, when you think about it, this coffee is also being roasted and cooked. So all of those pesticides are also, you know, probably being, I don't know, mutated or something to that degree uh, when they're being cooked, you know, and then you're going to be consuming that coffee, uh, you know, you're boiling it again and uh, letting it all just basically seep into your cup, which cannot be good <laughs> for you. Uh, so I highly recommend trying to find organic coffee. And then the fair trade is just to really help out the farmers because there's a lot of work that goes into harvesting coffee and, you know, uh, really producing good quality coffee is a lot of work. So making sure that the farmers are getting paid fairly for what they're doing to me is a really um, important aspect and something that I'm willing to, you know, spend literally like a dollar or two more on, right? So those are kind of the main things you want to look for. Now there's a whole other side to this where Dave Asbury goes into how there's uh, a lot of the times toxic mold on the coffee, um, I don't know. That's kind of up to you to decide how far you want to go with it. But if you want, you can buy his coffee. I think it's the Bulletproof coffee uh, and it's supposed to be mold free, which, you know, hey, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I'm sure it's going to be a really high quality level cup of coffee. I've had the coffee. It tastes really good as well. So 
Uh, yeah, but really essentially just making sure that you're buying high quality coffee is going to be very important. And it's also going to make sure that you're not getting a lot of those impurities that I had mentioned earlier that can cause, you know, headaches and even actually sickness. So making sure you're buying a good cup of qual or a good cup of coffee is really important. Also, note that light roasted coffee is going to have more caffeine in it than a dark roast, which sometimes people don't really put those two together, but that is the case. When you roast the coffee for longer, apparently it gets rid of more of the caffeine. So when you have a light roast, that means it's just you know barely roasted and it's going to have higher levels of caffeine in it. So if that's an, something you're trying to look out for, then uh, go ahead and stick with dark roast coffee if you don't want as much caffeine in it. And okay, that is going to bring us to the end of the episode here. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. I love coffee and <laughs> it's just a great way to get the day started. But, you know, do remember there are other substitutes out there. There's yerba mate, there's um, matcha, there's green tea, there's all these different kinds of other ways to start your day. You know, there's even dandelion uh, root. You can actually take dandelion roots and make coffee or, you know, a type of coffee out of it. So there's a lot of options out there if you're looking for alternatives, but just in general, remember with everything, moderation is key no matter what you're doing. And, uh, you know, drinking just a couple cups of coffee, you know, five days a week or something like that probably isn't going to make or break you, you know, but definitely staying away from getting addicted to it is going to be key. So, okay, that's pretty much it. That's that's going to wrap up the episode here, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in so much. Um, I've got some great guest speakers coming up. I've got great solo episodes still coming up. So please stay tuned. I hope you all are enjoying these episodes. Please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at ElementalEvan. And go ahead and talk to me about these episodes. Tell me what you liked. Tell me what you didn't like. Tell me what you want to hear. Um, I'm happy to take any advice you guys have and really include it into the show. And I'm just so, so grateful for all of you for tuning in. And I hope your holidays are incredible. I hope 2022 is going to be amazing for everybody. And uh, yeah, let's get after it. Let's get after it in 2022. Reach out to me if you guys have any uh, 2022 goals that you want to hit. Okay, we can do some health coaching with you guys and get that going. Uh, to reach out to me about health coaching, just shoot me a DM on Instagram or any other way you can you want to reach me, go for it. Uh, I'll have some links posted absolutely in the show notes. And yeah, that's going to do it. I love all of you guys. Make sure you do everything with good intentions. Enjoy your holidays and go make the most of this day. All right, peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on the show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Thank you.